Ding, ding. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. How about we can just watch basketball? How about we can just watch basketball? Check, check. Good morning and welcome to the NBA Daily Ding here on the Athletic NBA Show. I am Jared Weiss. I am joined by Mo DeKeel. Make sure that you are tuning in every weekday morning here on the Athletic NBA Show podcast to catch the Daily Ding and to catch the best games from the evening before. And we are going to start with the Dallas Mavericks going into Staples to beat the Clippers 112 to 104 in overtime. Clippers were in control most of the way. And then the fourth quarter, it was all Mavs. Somehow we ended up in overtime, though. I mean, it was a wild, wild game. First off, the the Clippers go into the half up six. And let me just say, ask you a question, Jared. And I kind of screwed this up because how I wanted to ask you originally in my head, and I, I, I already screwed up the punchline. But if I told you the Mavs were one of 14 from three at the half, how bad do you think they were losing by? Bad. Yeah, not six points. Right. The Clippers, you had to realize you're in trouble if you were the Clippers going, yo, they're shooting like ass and we're only up six points. That's a problem. Now, it's not like the Clippers shot it a whole lot better for a 16 from three. And then in the third quarter, the Mavs came alive. Luka Doncic, 15 points. They go six of 14 from three just in the third quarter alone, Jared. And that got them right back in this game. And, uh, I mean, Luca was the one carrying the way in the third quarter. How did Dallas actually get this done in the fourth quarter and then again in overtime? I mean, I think a lot of it was Kristaps Porzingis was really good, especially in the overtime. I think what you're Dorian Finney-Smith hit a lot of key shots for the Mavs, finished with 10 points just in the fourth quarter alone. Like, all just, they just got it rolling, and they were killing the Clippers with the short roll. And... and I can't say this enough, Jared. This was probably the best game I've seen from Kristaps Porzingis in about a year and a half. I was about to say, uh, I was a little confused when you were saying Kristaps was super impactful because we don't hear that a lot, but him on the roll, him finishing in the paint, I mean, he wasn't actually a bit of a force in this one. No, more importantly, went to the line 10 times. When was the last time we've seen Kristaps Porzingis shoot 10 free throws in a game? You know, and, and I'm sure Clipper fans will be, you know, all upset 
thinking about some of the calls, but still, 10 free throws for Kristaps Porzingis, that's not his thing. That's normally Luka Doncic's numbers. And it was just an impressive performance from him. And when you're going to get that, from the, if the Mavs are going to get that consistently from Porzingis throughout the season, this is the team that we've been kind of waiting for because they just haven't had that wingman for Porzing, uh, for excuse me, for Doncic yet at all. And, and this is the guy they were hoping they were going to get. Also, uh, Max Kleba, we haven't seen a ton of good games for him lately, but I feel like especially his fourth quarter in overtime is really solid. Yeah, I mean, just impressive performance really across the board. But Jared, we also did kind of bury the lead here. The Clippers did nearly pull off a miracle. Oh, that's very true. That's very true. I mean, they're down five with like 15, 16 seconds left. Big credit to Ty Lue for keeping both of his timeouts, you know, not burning these timeouts. They all come into critical play. You know, throughout this final 16 seconds, they get a a three, excuse me, they get a jump ball. Terrence Mann ties up Kristaps Porzingis. They win the tip. Jackson, I mean, uh, uh, Mann steals the tip from Porzingis. They get down the court. Mavs take a foul. Then what happens? Clippers call a timeout, draw up a play. Reggie Jackson drills a three. Ball comes, Clippers foul immediately after that. Mavs go one or two from the line. Paul George drills an amazing corner three after Dorian Finney-Smith. You know, I don't know if he was trying to foul Jared or if he was going for the steal, but he gives up position right there and PG drills a corner three, sends the game into overtime, barely beats it at the buzzer. It's like a fingernail. Like if he doesn't clip his fingernails this morning, I'm telling you, man, <laughs> that ball would have still been in his hand where the game would have been over in regulation. And I mean, I can't think of a more Reggie Jackson uh, stat line than, sure, the 31 points on 12 for 23 shooting, not a surprise. But the point guard having 10 boards and only two dimes, it's just very Reggie jackson Also, two wedgies in overtime. Shout out two to the No Dunks crew. Two wedgies in overtime, like two minutes apart. That's never happened. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that has never happened from the same player in two minutes apart. Impressive. Like, that takes skill. I mean, listen, the Mavs won the game, but we got Reggie's wedgies in overtime. That's that's a win for America, right? There. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash. 
or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man of the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Bing bong. Don't you regret not coming Let's to head out to MSG where the Knicks took down the Lakers 106 to 100. Evan Fournier finally has a good game again. He had 26 points on 8 for 14 shooting. He went 6 for 9 from downtown. It looks like the Knicks are good when the guys they signed actually could shoot the ball. I mean, it's amazing, right? Like when, when you bring in offensive players and they actually play well on the offensive end, it's amazing what could happen. You know, and they go on a huge, you know, start the game really just straight up on fire, Jared. And it really looked like they were just going to completely run out the Lakers. But give the Lakers a little bit of credit. No LeBron. He was sitting for the suspension for the whole uh, Isaiah Stewart uh, kerfuffle. That might actually get upgraded to more of a uh, um, shenanigans than kerfuffle. Certainly a cluster, that's for sure. Pretty close, pretty close. Um, If there was actual fight, I I would maybe go... uh, cluster but this was more of shenanigans um but anyways lebron was suspended lakers kind of battle back kind of crawl into it a little bit in the second quarter and then in the third quarter jared going a 25 to 4 run like it looked like the lakers were about to really kind of steal this game in the garden and a lot of it was behind russell westbrook you know he had an unbelievable third quarter I'm scrolling to pull up the chat, the stat line now. I mean, he, he had a point. He had like a bucket or an assist, pretty much like every possession in that middle part of the third quarter there. And they were the Knicks were up 54 to 29 halfway through the second quarter. I mean, this was a blowout. We get to halftime, and I believe it was only a 12 point game at halftime. By the time we're approaching the third quarter, I mean they were just tying it up. I think the Knicks took the lead right the last second on Obi Top and dunked ahead to the fourth. But the Lakers kind of just completely erased that gigantic lead over the course of a quarter and a half thanks to Russ. Yeah, I mean he scores 18 points there, has three dimes, has only one turnover. Before that he had five in the first half. Like it was just a, a, a solid performance from him kind of trying to will the team back. But they just fell short. One, it takes a lot of energy to get back into these types of games. And Man, like, let's just be honest. Nobody could hit a shot for the Lakers. Mello went two for eight from three. Malik Monk, one for seven. It, you know, it, 
tough shooting night across the board. You got Anthony Davis, who woke up with a fever this morning, didn't wasn't COVID related, but had flu like symptoms. He just wasn't feeling right. Didn't look aggressive on the off on on the glass. Really, only six rebounds for him. Such a low number. You know, it it was a tough sort of deal. But we're also kind of we got to talk a little bit about Manuel quickly. So when we were talking about who delivered on offense, I mean, AD only had like what two or three shots in the fourth quarter. Manuel quickly was absolutely insane in the fourth quarter. And this bench between quickly. Uh, Burks and Toppin, they just really dominated that fourth quarter run. Yeah, I mean, quickly hits four threes off the dribble. All of them were off the dribble. That is not a Emmanuel quickly type of shot. And he was drilling these, Jared. I was watching it going like, wow, if he's making these, the Lakers might be in trouble. And I want to give a shout out to Obi Toppin because he had kind of a rough rookie year. But the way he's been playing throughout this season, I feel like that's something that's been uh a very impressive start sophomore season. And I think he even deserves more minutes than what he's getting with the Knicks. And I'm going to, I'm just going to say it right now. It looked like the Knicks were going to blow the game with Julius Randle in the game. Once he kind of picked his, picked up his fifth foul and had to sit for a while. That's when they began to start to pull away a little bit. So, you know, I think they need to start kind of figuring out how they want to get Julius playing a little bit better with the other guys. Cause at this point, you know, like, I'm telling you right now, if he doesn't pick up his fifth foul and stays in the game, I think the Lakers win it, Jared. It's funny. We've seen a few Knicks games here where uh, Julius is just going ISO in the fourth quarter, and it's kind of driving the fans nuts. Sometimes he's shooting well enough that it works, but the stuff he was doing last year, it's not working a lot of the time this year, and uh, they benefited with Toppin out there instead. Yeah, just it just worked out for him, that energy, that kind of drive, just sort of moving the ball and things like that. I felt like the ball kind of got a better flow around the court and and they were rolling last stop here in detroit where the heat won 100 to 92 mo that is surprising because uh the pistons had a double digit lead pretty late in the third quarter and then the heat had a double digit lead pretty late in the fourth quarter yeah i'm not gonna say that's too surprising just because we've seen the pistons do this now this is a young team that has continually built pretty good leads against good teams and have not been able to sustain it. It's going to be frustrating. You're going to have those types of losses when you're starting like four guys between the ages of 19 and 22, and you're playing the Bucks, you're playing the Lakers, the Nets, and now in this case, the Miami Heat. I think it's just sort of uh, kind of just continuing on with like, it sucks, but this is what happens with young teams. They got to learn how to win. It's part of the growing process. It's the way it goes. And um, it's never fun in the moment. Yeah, I mean, the fourth quarter was 33 to 16 for Miami, which is uh, it's kind of how we expect these things to go, right? Is that like the good young upstart team, or I shouldn't say good, the young upstart team is playing <laughs> Definitely good. Definitely shouldn't say well. good. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and they're looking good for a little while. And then Miami's like, oh, yeah, we have Tyler Hero, the veteran sharpshooter, I guess we could say at this point. He was just tremendous in the fourth quarter. I mean, he was unbelievable. Finishes the game with 31, you know, really just kind of comes in and he really gives Miami that extra boost off the bench that helps to kind of push them over the top. I mean, they're a relatively thin team, you know, uh, he's really the best guy off the bench. After that, the other guys are like, okay, but not great, but he's the one like when he comes in, he can change games with his momentum, with his shooting and with his kind of energy itself. And I think, you know, They needed every bit of that tonight. Just the energy alone they needed from Tyler. And I mean, that was huge because him and Kyle Lowry were running that second unit to come in in the early fourth when Detroit still had a pretty solid lead. And Butler 
didn't even get out there until there was like five minutes left. He had a huge break there, which is really crucial for them because Lowry, it took them like a couple of minutes to kind of get that rhythm. And then Lowry ended up with seven dimes in the fourth quarter. He had like four dimes, five dimes of just really quick succession. Hero got a bunch of those. Uh, I think Martin got one of those. Uh, Deadman got a couple of those. I mean, Lowry just was completely controlling. Yeah, I mean, both he's sides just, he was involved on almost every bucket they scored in the fourth quarter and I think that's just kind of what you get from Kyle Lowry I think this is why the Heat were adamant about going after him in the offseason and there are a lot of teams that wanted him I think it's because he just brings that to the table he's just that damn good I guess that trade worked out well that is going to do it for us here don't forget to subscribe to theathletic.com slash ding make sure if you're not already subscribed to the Athletic NBA show and make sure to hear most of the two words everybody loves ding ding